Good morning, Z. We're at the latest Bromley Buzz recording. We are. We're here again. Awesome. Yep. Newman Flexible Workspace. In Bromley. Yep, Bromley North. I was hoping to get uh, Amy, uh, who's uh, on the door today, so to speak, to come and say hello, but she's had to pop off. But uh, I will say for Newman, they give us a great welcome every week. She's like a buzzing bee. Well, that's appropriate for us, isn't it? I know. She's, yeah. she's always running around. You know, I was reflecting that... Um, I really, really look forward to coming and doing these podcasts. Um, in fact, I look forward to it so much. I was thinking, I'd heard that um, Tom Cruise came to Biggin Hill recently. Really? Did you know that? When yeah, was that? Lo- lo- local goss. Um, well, allegedly, he might even be still there for all I know, but apparently he'd been filming something for Mission Impossible, number 160. You know I think I heard something about that. Yeah, so I wonder if we look forward to this as much as he's looked forward to coming to Biggin Hill. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, who we are, uh, Darren Wheel of Intune PR with... Zainat Narani of Vida de la Mariposa Coaching, which means life of a butterfly. Yep, it certainly does. And uh, I've got with me some uh, things, I normally bring some things. Um, you always bring your things, don't you? Yeah, well, one of the things is your thing. Uh, My today, thing? Your thing. Can I say um, today's show is about coffee and tea? Uh, what you mean as opposed to the usual boozefield um, thing we don't normally yes. do. Yes, we're keeping it clean today. We're very today. civilised <laughs> this morning. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> ah, but I have been, and I mentioned this before, but I've got the business card, so i get the name right this time. Grace Forty this morning. Uh, you with, were there with, again. Yeah, with, with the lovely Chiara um, mm-hmm. and her Thor's hammer necklace. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Which I we brought, spoke about last week, We spoke we? about last week. So I've had my coffee, and I bring you grape cake. Oh! <gasps> There you go. Or at least half, half a piece. I had the other bit. Do you know what? I'm going to have to be careful. My diet's going to go right out the window. Mm. Yeah, I nearly didn't Russell, buy it Russell, because Russell. Of, of that. Um, another thing I have with me is something we'd spoken about, you've given me before, which I've been looking forward to. Uh, Zenat Narani's uh, Daily Affirmations for Positive Thinking, mm-hmm. as available on Amazon at the moment. Well, not at the moment, permanently. Permanently. Um, and... Actually, it's not just affirmations, is it? No, it's, it's also empowering questions. Empowering questions. And the, the, there's t- the two that start it off. Uh, and one of them is, how often do you truly reflect what lies within you? The answer to which is almost never. And then that's followed up. <laughs> well, that's no good. You need to be reading more of my book. Yeah, well, I am. I've only got two sentences in so far, plus okay. the nice inscription. Um, <laughs> but the next one has been causing me a load of grief lately, uh, which is, how have you become you? Uh, mm, like most people, in order to function, I have not really thought about who I am or how I got here and how other people have affected this for years. And I've been doing it lately and it m- melted me down for a while, which is why I'm having a coaching session with you later on. <laughs> and I don't mind talking about it because you have your Mindset Matters show every Friday on Channel yeah. Radio, trying to break down this stigma about mental health. Um, well, it needs breaking down, because if you don't talk about it, it just gets worse, and people go and jump off cliffs well, and horrible things. The thing is, I think we need to reflect on that um, every so often, to think about, you know, you know, who are we, how did we get here, you know, what's our life purpose, the reasons behind it, the whys, because that's what keeps us going in life. The moment we stop that is when we hit that uh, wall or that dip, and we kind of fall into it. If we can't get out of it then. And then it becomes Mission Impossible. Then it becomes Mission Impossible. Ah, see what I did Had there. to put it in there, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Well, well one thing which... Can as I get an interview with Tom Cruise? Do you reckon you could have set that one up? Well, I'm going to refer to <laughs> Wayfest in a minute. But buy some very, um, what's the word, top-class PRing where you didn't have... Um, on the face of it, access to the VIP band area. Mm. But by the simple act of lurking and waving at people around the fence, I managed to get us in at the weekend. Yes, so, you, did. you know, I, I would recommend to anyone who's got any ambitions in life whatsoever, just do not take no for an answer and um, see what you can do. You never know, including Tom Cruise. Back. I've interviewed Dan Aykroyd, the uh, Ghostbusters yes, and Blues Brothers mm. guy. Uh, that took me seven months and two refusals before I got there. That's perseverance. Yeah. And, and I was resilience to-, to achieve what you want to achieve. And I was told I'd get 15 minutes with him, and I ended up with 40. Fantastic. He's an incredibly nice guy, and he asked after my children. So mm-hmm. go down, Aykroyd, love you. Amazing. Uh, right, so that made me buzz, and this brings us on to what is going to be a show regular now. Mm. Uh, what made us buzz this week? What's the Bromley buzz? Um, I've got a bunch I can talk about, but... Uh, 
I'm going to throw one over to you first. What's, um, oh, great. What was yeah. my first Bromley... Oh, God, my buzz this week. It has... Oh, I've got two, actually. Go on, then. My, my first buzz is the very, very first social face-to-face that we did for the Friday Wind Down event that we help hold every two weeks. Meeting everyone face-to-face and meeting people who I've not met face-to-face only through a screen. That was amazing. Uh, such a great event. So I think that was my real highlight, a real buzz. It was for me as well. Um, I, great I restaurant, Taylor's Restaurant in Broadway. Yeah. And, Fantastic. Uh, I was gonna, we're going to do some shout-outs later, but as you mentioned yeah. it, shout-out to the birthday boys and girls. Yes. Chandra Sharma. Chandra Sharma. Tangent Office uh, Resources. Mm-hmm. Sarah Marsh-Collins of Babel Monkey. Digital uh, marketing, Digital marketing, yeah. Uh, we've got Ed May Carroll. Oh, she had her birthday as well. I missed that. Yes. It's today. Oh, no. Okay, <laughs> I missed that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, from Power Talk. So, that's, it's her mm. birthday as well. Tony Ramiro, uh, who um, uh, did a little dedicated song for you to your he embarrassment. He serenaded me. Joy. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yes, I had a serenade. That was quite I'm embarrassing. To, <laughs> I, I turned my phone off, which means that I can't look up what the song title was, which is very annoying now, but never mind. <laughs> but, but it was a bunch of birthdays. And it was fascinating doing and as it. And it was my scene. birthday as well. My Arabic birthday. Oh, yeah, absolutely. On Saturday. Yeah, what, now here's a question for you. No, don't that, ask what, me how old I am. No, 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 no. No, what's Arabic? Harry birth, happy birthday. I have no idea. I'll have to uh, ask my parents that. Well, you can do that for the next show. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but it was fascinating because, firstly, I mistook one person for another completely, so that was embarrassing. Secondly, um, people were either taller or shorter than I expected. A bunch of people were actually younger than I thought. I mean, the whole Zoom thing grays people out. You don't get the personality, you don't get a sense of humour. I mean, we've got Denise Mead-Hill um, sitting opposite her, so who's going to get into the show later on. But it's just so nice to meet people face-to-face. Face. Yeah, give, give us a shout, Denise. Hi, Darren. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Hi, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're so right, though. But it was, it was actually something really funny. Somebody had confused Sarah... Loretta. Yeah. Well, I think my one was uh, Shugi, um, Make Your Date, is it, her company? Made My Date. Made My Date, okay. I thought she makes them rather than puts them past tense. But anyway, never mind. Um, yeah, I, I mistook her for somebody else as well, so um, apologies. Oh, yes, it was the financial advisor lady. Um, oh, Nadia, Nadia yeah. Khan. So apologies to two women at the same time. Uh, God, it's like being in polygamy. But do you um, know what? Then that just actually goes to show mm. that when we're on Zoom, how observant are we and how much attention are we actually paying? And when we're there, we kind of switch on, switch off by things that are going on around us, by our phones or other work that we might be doing while we're networking. It's kind of sad in a way that we're not fully engaged and focused, I think, to some extent. Yeah, it's much harder to get away with that kind of thing mm. when you're, you're Can't face-to-face. Do that face-to-face. Although that said, the amount of times I've been out and people under the table are tapping away on their phones anyway. Um, Anyway, my buzz, one of them, uh, this is a a lengthy buzz, but never mind. Uh, Wayfest in Surrey. Mm -hmm. Took you down on Saturday in my PR capacity to um, further your interviewing musicians about the state of their mental health. That was my second buzz, by the way. Ah, okay. Well, I've got a list. I'll tell you what, um, I'll do some stuff from my buzz from it and you can fill in some of the gaps here but first one I knew a guy called Mike Sands he's mentioned in the program to Wayfest Mm -hmm. and he helped organise another festival that uh, I enjoyed a couple of years ago he's passed away so Mm -hmm. a little condolences to Mike and uh, well not Mike himself he's not here to be condoled but his family and friends and so on Um, he's somebody who tried to give people a good time through festivals and uh, that's worth celebrating uh, I, in fact, I, I can do this on a little bit of rotation. I'm going to do the next one because of the danger of the words. Mr. Horny. <laughs> so we go to this festival in Wayfest, in Surrey, in Farnham. And we're going down these leafy uh, lanes. We park up, loads and loads of people in the car park. People doing things they probably wouldn't do because they'd forgotten what festivals are like, like leaving their car windows open, leaving jackets on cars. Yep. We go through what wasn't mud, thank goodness, um, even though it rained on the way down. And we go through the entryways, and we just see loads of people dressed up. We go and get our little, um, oh, little um, flower bands for our hair. Yeah, flower and we power. Get in, yeah, we get, in, we get into the whole vibe of it. The and then we see this guy. Mm. 
Yeah, and we see this guy uh, who's walking along in sort of uh, not quite leatherette jeans and things and denim or whatever he's got on. Um, but he, I'm calling him Mr. Horny. Um, because he was carrying a cow or ox horn or something and drinking his beer. I from wanted to it. talk about Mr. Horney. Did you? Well, you can finish it then. Carry no, on. you carry on. You're doing really well with Mr. Horney. <laughs> well, he was the kind of person. I was t- telling Sarah uh, Marsh Collins about this that you start a conversation and then you start to want to edge away from it. Yes. Because he, he was kind of starting when you said to him, "Oh, hi. Oh, that's really interesting about your horn and all that." And it was. Um, Oh yeah, that's right. Well, uh, I was, something like I was up in like Norway. I killed the insert animal yak of your choice. Yeah. Whatever and then I this started like recy- yeah, recycling his claws for cutlery yeah. and <laughs> and yet it all. Yet it all. Yes. Yeah, I mean it's like one step off cannibalism. <laughs> so we didn't see him again for the rest of the day, which I'm quite grateful mm. for. All right, here's one for you. But the it was train. like a big tusk. Wasn't it? It was. It was, it was very impressive. It was impressive. He had a kind of um, uh, a, a belt. He had mm. another one in his belt as well. Yeah. So he had, it was a proper gear. Uh, not that I even knew there was proper gear for cow horns, but he had one. There you go. Um, yeah, tell me about the trains. Like this, this, you, you had a whale of a time with the trains. Oh, those trains, they were awesome. Yeah. You know that, um, well, actually, we kind of crossed it without realising, because we were kind of just exploring, and I kind of got my head, because there's museums there, you know, yeah. at this way Festival. Rural Life Centre. Rural Life Centre, and they've got tractors, and they've got ploughing things, and it was really, really fascinating. And then, um, I think the funniest thing I said was, um, before we get onto the trains, was, oh, this is really cool, this is so educational, do you remember that? And yep. it was the beer section for children. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, this would be really interesting for children. And all it was about brewery and how to make cider. I'm thinking, okay, maybe not educational for children, but depends what age they are. But we went for a spin on the train, didn't we? It's the last ride of the day. Uh, And part of it... It was pretty fast. Yeah, you you took a really great video. But uh, one part of it I loved was when we were going past kids, not to mention some adults, who were waving at us when we were on the train. Wasn't it lovely? Yeah, it was nice. enjoyed that. Felt like a kid again. Yeah, you also. It's nice to let your hair down. You enjoyed the toilets. Oh, God, the toilets. Go on, tell me about the the footwear. Typical uh, festival toilets. Oh, my Lord. Well, first thing I did was get some tissue and shove up my nostrils. (laughs) 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 Denise is sitting here cringing. (laughs) And then the next thing I saw was I mean, the floor was absolutely filthy, and there were people in there with no shoes on. Yeah. Oh no, bare footwear in that. Right, yes. move, moving swiftly moving on. Moving swiftly on. You brought your Wayfest t-shirt with you. I did. Yeah, read out the acts that were on on our day Wayfest. from your own t-shirt. From my own t-shirt that's now wet. That sounds really wrong, doesn't it? Well, you had a spillage in your bag on the way in, in for, for listeners. So, we've got Georgia and the Vintage Youth, the Dwellers or Duelers, is that? Mm-hmm. I don't know who they are. Xander and the Peace Pirates. Uh, the Delta 2, Grizzly and the Grasshopper, Jade Like the Stone, The Salts, The Staff, I can barely read, The Staff Fell Band and Hop, uh, Bob Hopkin. Hop, 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 Bob Hokum. I, I, I know Bob. Um, Too much tea this morning. He, he masquerades as um, the, he's also the um, founder of the Uni Blues Festival. Oh, is he? But he goes out, he's a really good performer. I've done PR with him before. That's all fine print, really tiny, tiny print. That's oh, why yeah. I can't read it. Let's go with the big writing because they're the um, main headliners. <laughs> yeah. Right, so on Saturday, apparently, when we were there, we had UB40, Scouting for Girls, Dread Zone, Jawbone, Austin Gold, Buster Shuffle, who I interviewed, we're going to go into. Oh, we are going to go into that. Jet, yeah. uh, Rebecca Downs, Martin Gordon, and the Green Light, uh, Sayachi, oh, oh, go on. Sayichi Sugiyama, Sugiyama yeah. Band. He was lovely. We met him as we were walking, didn't we? Yeah, indeed. I booked him in. Yes, you uh, did. So one of the things I was going to say about this is that this podcast isn't just about what Bromley people do in Bromley. It's also about the impact that Bromley mm. people have elsewhere. Yeah. Um, so if you take one local example, uh, Dina Asher-Smith from Bromley went and won the World Championships, which don't happen to be hosted in Bromley usually. Mm. But, so she's given us a worldwide name, which is awesome. Which is brilliant. But if you take this festival, we went down there, you're spreading the word about mental health. You've taken Bromley out. Uh, I booked in two of the bands there. So Jade mm-hmm. Lightstone, um, you mentioned just now, she played because of mm-hmm. me. Saichi played because of me. Yeah. Um, a lady is going to play next year, I think, because of me. 
and it, it's just great to be able to do things from Bromley that You're count elsewhere. You're the man. Yeah, well, I don't mind boasting, obviously, either. Terrible. I, anyway, I enjoyed no, it's not Austin terrible. Gold. I'm not sure you mentioned him yet. Uh, um, no, I haven't. That's yeah. Um, there's Jack, the assistant stage manager. We, we come on to, I think we'll finish with the t shirt. You can carry on drying or up. Unless yes. there's anyone else you want to talk about? Uh, no, though I did want to see Nick Kershaw. I know you don't really. Not my him, but I, I, yeah. I like him and I wanted to see him, but he was playing on Sunday. Um, and unfortunately, we were there on Saturday, but that's okay. But was you know it? what was amazing, though? Mm. Was it didn't even feel like COVID had happened in a way. Not a mask in sight. I said I that as we were going there around. Wasn't a single mask Not one. in sight. Yeah. Amazing. I don't, I don't, I've never worked out what the meaning of the term old school is, but um, I suspect this might be part of it. But it was, it, it was absolutely fabulous because it, in my head, I had festival, loads of people drunk and just rowdy, you know, that kind of atmosphere. But it was such a community place where they had children of all ages, people from everywhere. People even brought their dogs. I've never seen so many dogs in one <laughs> place. Yeah, one of them it had really crazy. sorted it. He was sleeping his way through the... Um, uh, the Buster Shuffle Band. Um, yeah. yeah. And I, one I'm, of them wanted, was drooling all over me. I'm going to throw a couple of shout-outs to people now. Um, when we got into the VIP area, um, Simon on the tee, who was really charming in his little Caftani-type hat. Mm-hmm. Um, Keith, the announcer, in his pinstripe jacket. He was wonderful. Oh, he was awesome. Um, Rebecca Downs, because I think she was your favourite act of the day. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember the name of my favourite act of the day. There was this uh, terrific little... Um, uh, uh, piano and drum band that were playing there. Uh, I'll mention it next week. Was that in in India that was no. playing? No, it wasn't. They'd already finished playing. Uh, if I can think of it later, I'll mention it. But uh, there was the trains and the tractors. There was the sci-fi area with the lovely people, oh, the Doctor so... Who. We've got, got a nice great picture. Yeah, we've got a great picture of us with K9 and uh, the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, uh, yep, scouting for girls. We sat down and had some festival food when they were playing. Um, and we met the hospitality team, or some of them. Yes, we did. They were um, lovely. And we were meant to interview Chloe, but didn't get around to it. So I would say, sorry, Chloe, at least we've avoided you getting nervous. There you go. <laughs> I know, they were kind of passing, but no, well, you interview. You know, you interview. No, no, you do it. It was quite funny, wasn't it? Yeah. But, uh, yes. Also, shout out to the merch team, who were lovely, and had to uh, see me take my top off, and I put the festival t-shirt I put on. <laughs> you and many others, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, Gary, the stage manager and hypnotherapist. Mm. He was an interesting... You know, that was funny. It shows you that it's such a small world that he actually worked... Sorry, I had to pause there for a second because hmm. I was thinking. Um, he worked or works with the people I trained with, the UK Hypnosis Academy, and he knows them, Carl Smith and Graham Webb. And I trained with them, and he did a, a podcast with those guys. Small world, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Mm. And we just knew him as a stage manager with an interest in mental health at first. Mm. Uh, But thank you to Ali, the uh, co-festival director, I believe, for inviting us in the first place. Yes, thank um, you very much for that. You know, we'll be back. It was liberating. Um, now, like now back to Buster Shuffle. Buster Shuffle. And Jet, tell me about your interview with him, because I was sitting on the grass worrying about rain at the time, but it was really good from what I heard. Oh, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, so, thanks to you, of course. Uh, he was just so open about everything, talking about the mental health uh, around musicians, talking about how people can kind of get caught up in the alcohol and the drugs and how that can affect what they're doing. Because I also asked him about tips and tools for, um, you know, young upcoming artists as well who are merging. You know, what is it like for them? And like I've interviewed many, they talk about you don't go in it for the money. Yes, there are certain bands that make the money, but it takes a lot. You've got to have a certain amount of resilience to be travelling from... Um, city to city in a van or a camper van with all your equipment and and it's not an easy life but he was so open about it and I could have actually spoken to him all day long. Well I'm looking forward to hearing that when you you get it on your broadcast. I'm hoping to put it on either this week on Friday if not definitely next Friday. No one of the things he spoke about was one of the biggest traps for musicians and that is because you're playing often like really late at night Mm. when your, your body uh, mechanism are just not with yeah. you and it's midnight and whatever and you come off stage 
and you're absolutely flying with adrenaline. Yeah, you're this on a is, this, He was saying, this is why people hit beer, hit drugs, yeah. to pull them down. And then you get all of the cascade of problems that mm. comes up with and the need for people like your good self to try and prevent that cycle. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, great guy, Jet. Or uh, Jeffro, was it? He, was, he, he, uh, he, he likes to be known as Jet, I think. He was a Jet. keyboard player in Buster Shuffle. Yeah. Lovely band, lovely people. And it was exactly the right vibe, actually. For when, you, when you're coming back mm. after... 18 months of imprisonment, which is how it's felt like. Mm. Listening to a bunch of people going up there and doing Nutty Boy stuff, yeah. to use the Magnus name. It was absolutely lovely. Just to kind of do what you love doing. It's the passion, isn't it? Yeah. And share that love of music. Well, one, one last shout-out, by the way. This isn't to do with the festival. But uh, one of our already faithful listeners, Jason Mor- Morell, mm. okay, Jade Window Cleaning Services, he made a mistake ages ago about telling me he has a 65-foot pole. So I thought I would mention this on air uh, uh, with a straight face, unlike yourself now. And uh, yeah, he his service, um, that ability to reach height and to the ability to have abseilers, uh, in all seriousness, does reach parts that other window cleaners cannot reach. Cannot reach. You know, if a, a famous lager hadn't thought of that first, he could have had a slogan on me. I would love to have a go on abseiling. Oh, well, he's your man then. He might be able to he's make some introductions man. for you. I wouldn't. No, I had the opportunity to go on a charity abseil years ago and I decided to PR it instead. Um, We got it into, I think, might got into the Evening Standard. Anyway, no, I I definitely didn't. I'm not the kind of PR that makes stuff up uh, very often. Uh, Yeah, um, Lillian's Buzz is a a little section of this, Um, Lillian being my personal assistant. And we've had her doing bits of research. So I'm going to mention something she brought us to do with Crystal Palace Park, Mm. which I gather is only partially actually in Bromley, but uh, here it is. And it's about Park Bathe, a streamlined, accessible green health intervention that we, the founders, hope will be implemented in parks and green spaces throughout the UK. Mm. A citizen science pilot running Crystal Palace by Vanessa Potter and Kirsten McEwen to encourage mindfulness sceptics, of whom there are many. I had a look at their video on YouTube. Yeah, I had a look at it, that. Yeah, they, they have something which I really enjoyed, uh, which I bet you will appreciate. Yeah, the skepti- no, I did. The skepticometer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the amount of people that probably think that mental health is for the birds and it's not worth doing anything mm. about. It's probably the majority of people. I could be wrong. Mm. And they could not be further from the truth. No, absolutely not. I mean, walking slowly and mindfully, mindfully is so important. I mean, I talk about this all the time. But it's nice to know that there's, um, I suppose, there's a name put on it. A Japanese um, name, isn't it? Would you like to say it? Uh, Shirin Yoku. Yeah, walking in nature. Shirin so, Yoku. Well, Shirin's well my mum's name, by the way. Pardon? Shirin is yeah. my mother's name. Oh. There you go. So right. walking in nature, but, we, you know, we've been talking about that for donkeys of years, so it's, it's out there. But it's not, it's not so much the walking in nature, it's the doing it mindfully and more slowly. Yeah, and and the video the, shows the people thing. really looking at the plants and the seeds Taking and Taking so that moment to breathe in and you know, notice. I listened to uh, a mindfulness CD uh, a couple of years ago by one of the most famous people that were involved in it. can't remember his name. Mm. But the, the first thing he was talking about considering in that was a raisin. The mind, being mindful about a raisin. Okay. Personally, I much prefer flowers and things. Uh, mm. you know. uh, yeah. So, uh, back to, back to uh, more buzz, I think, uh, for a moment. I was going to ask you, uh, because of your Mindset Matters show on the, on the channel radio, uh, when we've been down to the Business Bunker, one of the fellow shows, uh, yep. run by the lovely Paul, Paul Andrews, Andrews and the equally you. lovely... Gorgeous, gorgeous, absolutely fabulous, Jaw Sirkin. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, Um, one of the things you notice down there is that we've gone sort of semi-pro with our bits of paper and script and that now, with with lots of scrawling over it. Uh, Do you use much bits of paper when you're doing your uh, mindset show and leaf around between stuff? I have my points, Um, so key points of events that might be happening month because you know me my, I kind of go off on a little tangent or kind of go into a blank space as I do sometimes so it keeps me on track because I'm having to keep an eye on time so yes I do have um, little point notes a couple of weeks ago I talked about I think the fact that I've been using post-it notes which I 
I referred to last week as being something that is useful when you're trying to unclutter your mind, that kind of thing. Nice, that was nice my tip. tip. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, but I, I've got a, a question for you about what you do when it goes wrong. Because I, I, when I was working through my post-it notes, I generated so many of them mm. that instead, at the start it was, oh good, I can part this thought. It's a bit like the pensieve in Harry Potter. Yes. But then I found I had literally two or three packs of post-it notes I'd used up and so I went from clarity through to, oh my field. God, this is what's going on. How do you stop it overwhelming you? What, the post-it notes? Yeah. You just keep writing because you've got to get your thoughts out first. Is there a sort of clue to organising them though? Afterwards, you? once yeah. you've got time uh, and you've kind of got all your thoughts out, then it's taking a couple of post-it notes at a time and starting to kind of categorise them into sections. And that's the way I would do it. And I wouldn't, you know, if you're somebody who would get overwhelmed right at the beginning, I would say don't do more than sort of five, ten minutes. Do little small steps, just a few few minutes Try and then leave it and then do something that you enjoy doing. Then you can always go back to it. It's about getting yourself into a routine to do that. Hmm. Well, you also... Actually going through it and sorting through it. And you, you might look at it and go, do you know what? I don't even know why I wrote that. And if it's not worth it, rip it up, scrunch it up, chuck it in the bin. Yeah, that I've been doing. Uh, and in because fact, in some cases... Un- unnecessarily cluttered your mind for, you know, no reason at all. I, I haven't done this yet, but I'm actually going to burn a couple of them. Um, but I'm going to burn a couple of them because I think it'll be kind of cathartic. I do that with um, ex-boyfriends. I don't burn them. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, let me rephrase that. I don't burn them. God, if somebody dies and gets burned, they'll probably come after me. No, what I do is I probably take their photograph or something and I just kind of burn it and it's done and dusted and I'm moved on. Yeah, dartboards are good too, with the photo on, for a while. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. I could practice my axe throwing. Anyway, we're going off to We are indeed, again. but one of, the, <laughs> one of the core parts of the show uh, is to interview people every so often, yeah. and uh, we now have today's guest, so we're going to mm. do a chair swap, uh, so there might be a bit of uh, noise as we do so, so Z, if you could uh, move over and uh, welcome yes. Denise Mead Hill. And I need welcome your script, because I made the mistake script. of writing the questions on your script and not well, mine. Have we're going to hear paper rustling, yeah. and then we're going to come back to Oh. Where is yours, the hot seat? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, Denise, uh, is, as she settles in, uh, is a Bromley resident, I believe. Like I yourself. am indeed, yes. Um, which obviously makes her a great person by definition. Um, I know her because of general networking and because uh, last August we got involved in a voluntary thing called the Rotary Work Club, which was helping unemployed people when everything was going really badly wrong in the economy. Uh, with advice on various things, including finding and um, actually obtaining jobs and re-sparking their careers. And that, uh, Zenat was on it as well, working on the very key issue of confidence. And we did some people quite a lot of good, and I look back on that with enormous fondness. And I grew a great deal of respect for you at the same time. So it's a, a real absolute pleasure, Business Bunker term strikes again, uh, to, to welcome you. And, yeah, you're... Well, you're a career transformer, uh, a, a job getter uh, on other people's behalf. So tell me what the name of your business is and uh, what you drive at with it. Career transformer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cl- close, close in on the mic. It's not right. super duper sensitive. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, that reminds me of this, the, the children's uh, movie Transformers, where yeah. you can take things apart and put them back together in um, different formats and um, get them to work more efficiently. Yeah, so back um, to Z's area again. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Yes, well, great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Um, My business is called Transitions Career Management and Training. And so it looks at um, all of the areas that the individual is concerned with to help them to make sense of their career pathways and uh, to create one where perhaps um, they hadn't managed to do that before or to um, just be in a better space to use their skills and, um, you know, strengths to the best of their abilities. And you're speaking to somebody who had a 23-year civil service career, Mm -hmm. what used to be known as a job for life, which isn't. There's almost none of them left now. Uh, And a bit like Z with the mental health counselling, I Mm. think people really need an outside perspective Mm. on where they're going with their careers. Otherwise, it's 
more likely just to be bumping from one thing into another by accident yes. and then you find yourself 20 years on yes and you're unfulfilled mm. and would you say it's possible to take control of your career it certainly is uh, possible to take control of your career and it's something that um, i've done in my um, own journey to where i am at the moment um, from the time um, i was in work i started looking at the areas that i was interested in um, where I felt that my strengths uh, mapped on to what the employer's um, you know, perspectives were and how I could maximise that to the best of my ability. So positioning myself to work in an area that um, felt um, congruent to who I was. Um, and that, that's a kind of um, psychology term there, congruent. But um, it's, really in, it's really important, I think, um, irregardless of where you are on your career pathway, to ensure that um, there's an alignment between what you're doing, what your values are, what your beliefs are. Um, and that gives you um, an outcome, hopefully, that um, you know, could either ensure job satisfaction where you are or position you to move successfully into another area. That reminds me of an old saying, uh, which is, where you stand depends upon where you sit. So as a PR at that festival, I was standing by that fence waiting to nab somebody. Mm. Uh, And that was a professional step. If you can work out where you need to be, where Mm. you need to network, where you need to approach, where you need to make friends... Mm. Uh, that does that positioning and the, the finding somebody like yourself who knows the ropes knows yeah. the online things that mm. can help you that knows the networking things that can help you actually knows employers and recruiters and HRs and yourself you've said to me earlier on you love learning and development and of course this is part of it tell me a little more about learning and development yes yeah, so learning and development was um, kind of where I was coming from mm. before I went into coaching full-time as a profession um, and learning and development really enabled me to uh, connect more closely with the teams I was working with and um, by extension the individuals within those teams who were looking to either move on from the roles that they were in or to build uh, their knowledge or skill in a way that um, helped them to feel better about their their work. So um, it was um, an area where I felt that you know I could make a difference and um, this is what I mean about being congruent because um, if you have that desire to make a difference and you're stuck in a job where you can't make a difference then there is going to be a conflict um, and um, depending on you know where the organization is going very often you find that the fit doesn't work so uh, being able to um, you know really work with uh, people to help them to identify a good fit if not a best fit then that's somewhere to start if you're still um, employed and uh, you're feeling a little bit out of sorts within the organization start thinking about you know how can you get a good fit for now until you can find something that enables you to find that best fit for you well i think something all three of us can agree on is that whether you're facing uh, a mental health challenge whether you need to get your name out there and do PR, or whether you want to transform your career, mm-hmm. the starting place is talking to people. And in your case, I have a very concrete example of that. Somebody I know mm-hmm. uh, had left university, uh, was wondering what to do with their career, mm-hmm. uh, and I simply asked them to get in touch with you, say hello, and to see whether what you offer in the way of coaching, uh, which you can talk about in a moment, yeah. would be useful. And before you even got into that, it was, well, I know somebody who's got this job that needs mm-hmm. to start in three days and they can really use somebody going into it. Mm-hmm. And that person got the job and in the last month has been made permanent from a temporary position and got promoted and boosted their mental health and income for that matter mm-hmm. uh, and their life chances overnight because of one conversation with no contractual value set up to it at all, because you're a decent person who thought of them when Mm. they spoke to you. Mm. Uh, So I would recommend anyone that uh, is thinking about changing their career, um, looking for a new job, (laughs) talk to Denise, you don't know where it will go, just as you don't with anyone else. Mm. Uh, And Mm. she has a load of worthwhile 
things that she's engaged in, one of which is this coaching thing. So now tell yes, me. Yes, yeah, well, coaching. Um, what brought me into coaching was um, the desire to work more closely with um, individuals to help them to um, you know, create the career pathway of their choice. Because very often uh, I found um, that people were um, f- uh, falling into a space where they were working to type. So, you know, whatever um, the organisation offered, they um, went along with it. Of course, you know, there, there are other factors such as um, security. If people have um, responsibilities, then, you know, you have to ensure there's a wage coming in and things like that. But um, by and large, I think there's a lot that people can do to um, ensure that they're, um, you know, creating a, a space for themselves where the, their work is aligned to other things that are happening in their life. So that's where coaching comes in and career coaching in particular uh, focuses on the professional development element um, of that individual's life. So. Um, For example, career coaching looks at the career decision making. Um, You know, how do you go about deciding with pathway you want to um, achieve? Um, Also looks at things like the life stage that you're at. What's happening in your, um, you know, your your life at the moment? Are you early careers? Are you mid-career? Are you um, at at a little bit of a, a later point in your career? Are you looking for growth? Are you looking for maintenance? Are you looking for, um, you know, fulfillment? So lots of different elements come into place there. I think coaching, coaching for me is like uh, mental gymnastics because I've got to work out, you know, what's happening with this individual. There's so many different um, elements that impact on the choices that we make in a professional um, capacity. So uh, taking all of that into account really enables you to work with that individual because the the answers are within us we know those answers but working with that individual just um, illuminates the points that they need to focus on at any given time and the coaching provides that structure in which they can do it so they don't become overwhelmed and that's um, the the, the beauty I think of um, seeking help um, and getting uh, a professional to guide you along the way yeah it's very easy to discount working Mm. with professionals and just to retreat into yourself or you know spend time looking up uh, internet sites and youtube videos but at the end of the day and i've said this about zenat's work as well unless you have a third party that knows the landscape and can tailor what they're doing to you Mm. and you can never be objective about yourself that's right. So having yeah. that, that uh, second pair of ears, yes. uh, as it were, mm. it makes all the difference, I think. Mm. And as with me, with the PR as uh, Zenat, mm. you don't need to commit yourself to doing something for two years. You can earn a heck of a lot in one or two sessions. Yes. I don't know if you do yeah. one or two sessions, but yes. if you did. Yeah, yeah, definitely do. Uh, we have ve- I have various packages that um, people can um, you know connect into. Um, that I do, um, I'm, an, I'm an accredited um, strengths profile um, assessor. So, for example, somebody can just um, take one of our um, assessments, uh, strength profile assessments, and we can create a coaching session around that that enables them to um, identify, you know, which areas are the ones that stand out for them and how is that um, connected to the role that they're going to play, to the responsibilities that they have within those roles, to what the organisation requires, or, you know, even bringing it down to the team level. Um, you know, what's, how, how does your skills set map on to what's already represented within the team? Are you complementary or is there a bit of a rub? Uh, again, it's that alignment, always seeking that alignment. You don't just work with individuals, you work with businesses and organisations, don't you? What do you do for the yeah. for and with them? Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, so, so for the individual one-on-one, you know, they can they take that decision about whether or not they want to be in control of their careers. For businesses, they uh, work with somebody like me to support their um, employees going through any kind of transition whether it's um, an internal restructuring or whether they're supporting uh, employees with their personal development. Uh, Sometimes um, the job might have changed around that individual 
And so there's a little bit of a disconnect between the performance measures that the employer might want. So they will uh, work with us to support those individuals internally. If it's um, in response to an outplacement, i.e. where the job no longer exists and there's an agreement that the individual will be leaving, we are brought in to um, support those, um, that, those people. Because you, you do, um, if I can put it this way, pre and post redundancy. Yes, yes. Yeah, so working with um, people pre-redundancy is um, the, the transition process. So the, the preparation for making that um, change to your personal, um, you know, and your professional life. What is it do you want now that you have the opportunity to move on? Um, helping people to understand what's um, the landscape like out there. I use a lot of um, data from Mintool or from um, MC, which are the ones that, uh, you know, tells you about um, workplace um, statistics. Yes. So what's happening in the industry is, um, you know, management consultancy on the up or on yeah. the down. What's it like in Bromley? You know, how many people in Bromley uh, are in an admin service or any other kind of industry? So, yeah, we use all of that labour market information, we call it, to inform our, the, the content of the information that we're sharing. Well, I can tell you now that Intune PR has plans to grow. Mm -hmm. As you know, I already work with some people. Right, yeah. But if, for me to get things right from the start, I'm going to need to work with Outsource HR. Mm. I'm going to need to work with somebody like yourself so that uh, I can get the right people in and they can be comfortable in the right structure. Sure. Uh, for uh, the listeners, I just want to close on two points. Mm -hmm. One of them is uh, about what your preferred strap line is, your, uh, what you're known for. And the second one related to it is uh, how do people get hold of you, watch your website. So, yeah, so what, what's, the, what's the brand? Yes, the brand is um, Career Transitions helping you to create your career pathway of choice. It's all about the, um, the coachee. So putting put, put the control very much in the hands of the individual um, because uh, at the end of the day, they're the ones who are gonna be sat at that desk or talking to that manager or starting their own business because people go through various um, you know, points uh, to decide what's right for them. Um, so it's very much looking at how that can be tailored around um, the individual and what do they feel they have to offer to the world and helping them to achieve their sense of purpose. So that's it. They can find me uh, at my website. My website is called careertransitionsdmh.co.uk. Ah, oh, the Denise Mead Hill, uh, demystifying that one. Indeed. All right. Thank you very much, Denise. It's Thank been a real you. pleasure to interview you. Uh, I already knew uh, that you're very good at what you do, so they're giving you a, a, a little platform at this early stage. Mm. Uh, it was something that I'm very happy to have done, and we will be seeing you again in yes. the future. Okay. And I will ask you now to swap back with uh, Zenat. <laughs> Thank you very much. Who I can now give her script back to as well. Can I just say that, uh, Denise, I love the skirt that you're wearing. Oh, thank you, thank you. Very summary. I'm and Dazzle looks down at his own clothes. I know, Dazzle, the, the, the trousers, trousers aren't working. And but your the... shirt's very nice. Okay, well, I'll, I'll accept half of that. I'm not really sure about the trousers. Uh, I'm going to be looking for a new suit soon, so that'll be uh, interesting. Uh, wow, that was absolutely amazing with Denise. Mm. Yeah, I already knew how yes, good she is. is. The fact that I, yeah, it's supporting somebody who's local and who's growing and has just a lot to offer, is mm. one of the reasons we're here. Uh, I'm going to do another little shout-out from a, a couple of weeks ago, which I forgot to get in, for the Hizala restaurant in Orpington. Uh, we went there, and the reason why it crops up in this is, isn't so much the food, which was decent enough, uh, but it was George the Waiter, known to his colleagues as The Legend. Okay. The Legend. He actually looks a bit like um, King Leonidas, I think it is, from the movie 300, where all the Spartans get killed off after they've um, fought thousands of Persians or whatever it is and he's, he's got the big black beard and all the rest of it but when we got to the stage where we were asking for desserts and a cocktail list he refused to bring them over and he went I bring you something we, you like <laughs> yeah. So he brought us something, we did like it and it was like being in Shirley Valentine so uh, thank you very oh, much George the Legend 
Yeah. Isn't it nice though when you order something but then they bring something else that they think that you might like and actually you end up liking it? So it's about, again, it's about risk taking and yeah. thinking, yeah. you know, it's great to do that in our lives because we could be missing out on so many opportunities. Yeah. yeah. Well, there we go. This week I went down to the Lift Each Other gym in Orpington. Yeah. We've spoken about that before because uh, it's pretty new. Uh, it's there to lift the body. Uh, a lot of the, most of the lifting actually is very heavy weight. It is, yes. And to lift the mind. You're a coach there as well on the mindset mm. side. Which, yeah, but uh, I'm coaching on the mindset side. The whole outlook is great. But I, I went down there and I found something which... Uh, I particularly loved, I'm going to put this up on my LinkedIn, uh, and that's the punch bag. I, I've been wanting to get my feelings out on a punch bag for literally that 18 cool months video. since the pandemic started. Uh, and yeah, I, I went and knocked the heck out of it and told the world a few things that I was getting off while I was hitting it. So it was, you know, punch personal life, punch you know, bad people, etc. Um, but that that was just so good to be able to do. I interviewed Neil Scott, mm. the owner. I interviewed um, the lovely personal trainer uh, Emily there as well. And that is actually going to go out as more or less a show on its own. I might get you to um, give me a, a bit of content for it as well in two or three weeks' time. But I'm, I'm glad that they're there. Uh, I'm going to be meeting a personal trainer, Ash, soon and uh, getting some probably boxing training. Um, yeah, he's very, very good at that. But do you know what makes... Um, I don't, you know, you might have mentioned this in the last one, but Leo's gym is very different from other gyms. You go in, you do your physical fitness, you do your... your, your you know, you might do your personal training, you might do um, your classes, but they, they want to really focus on the aspect of life skills and mindfulness... So they want to integrate it as part of what the um, clients will do. So they're coming for the body, but they've also got to look after the mind. Because as we know, our mind and our body are all connected. They don't work in isolation. No. So um, he's got a really good thing going there. Um, great venture. And, uh, you know, I'm really proud to be part of it. Oh, he's opened up something on the high street. I mean, yeah. It's something special but on the high street. But you know what? Street. He did it at the height of the pandemic as well. Yeah, I mean, this is a serious investment. I mean, it's not just the weight of that gear. Some of those weights are truly scary for someone like me. I, I, could I pick that stuff up? Not in a million years. Mm -hmm. uh, right but, now, maybe uh, not, but you will be. Well, we'll see. Uh, my, uh, this is what the um, coach is going to be showing me. Yes. The, I had a bitter experience connected to this, though, and you, you were part of it. So we have an, a WhatsApp group where you, I, and uh, Sarah Marsh Collins chat to each other. And we had this exchange after I said, I'm getting a personal trainer, I'm going to uh, the lift each other gym. Uh, and I, I said, I'm not looking forward to this cause, uh, in some respects because this is going to be painful. Uh, and I get these messages coming back to <laughs> oh, me. No. Sarah, you'll learn to love the pain. Zenat, sympathetic mental health coach, thank you very much. <laughs> No pain, no gain. Pain is good, I agree. <laughs> to which I ended up replying, uh, I am surrounded by sadists. <laughs> so I've got, I've got one here now. Thank you very much. That was quite memorable. My pleasure. Yes. How do you think I got through my skating career? <laughs> yeah, good point. Mm. In fact, uh, my, I'm going to mention my wife here for the first time in the show. Uh, when she went to school, she was a very good hockey player. Okay. Mm. And she had an England coach uh, at the school in Wallington. And at one point she twisted her ankle really badly. And the coach took a look at it and told her to play on. So she played on the rest of the game. When she went to the hospital, it was broken. Oh, wow. Yeah. So uh, for all you my surrounded by sadists, I'm going to watch myself a bit here. Ah, <laughs> so something I forgot to actually ask Denise about. Uh, here was the the Rotary Club. I, I did mention them in the context of the uh, the thing I mentioned them about, uh, which was the uh, thing we did for the unemployed, Rotary Work Club. Work Club. Uh, now, the Rotary, just in general terms, is a collection of in individuals internationally, some of whom are business people, active and retired, who do good things for charity. And Denise was saying earlier on about the major work they've done on the eradication of polio. Denise is the chair of a new club which has started up, and she can now come a little bit close to the microphone again. 
And Come closer, Denise. But, uh, so, welcome to the newly appointed chair of the Passport Club, isn't it, I believe? Bromley Passport Club, rather than uh, Parachute, which I it keep getting confused indeed. by. Yes, it is. Uh, you're, you're starting the stage of re- recruiting people to join it. Mm. I know there's a, a hit list of things which you want to do. Yes. Um, just tell us a, a little bit about the vision. Right, okay. Well, um, I've just started my uh, rotary journey, and... Um, it was um, initiated by um, our joint um, involvement with the Rotary Work Club, you know, looking at um, how we could support um, unemployed people throughout the uh, COVID period. So on the back of that, um, I took an interest in Rotary more widely and started attending some of the Bromley Club meetings. And uh, I was amazed by some of the projects that um, Rotary in general um, are working on and you know have highlighted um, over past um, years and have done mm-hmm. so much work on so um, when it came on to how I could uh, contribute to Rotary itself and um, using my skills my business skills and my uh, career um, coaching service I thought that um, the Passport Club would be a good vehicle to do that so the Passport Club is supposed to be a conduit between the businesses and the work of Rotary, where we can support the charities that Rotary uh, mm. are, are developing, um, but work on them more along the lines of a project. So we can bring in strategic businesses to work on specific projects that Rotary are supporting and really give it some momentum. Mm-hmm. And um, as a result, the business also gets to highlight what they're about. Um, and um, both um, parties um, get some benefit um, there. It's also kind of part of, um, for, particularly for small businesses, to help, help them to connect to something that's uh, quite topical at the moment, their CSR. So the uh, corporate social mm. responsibility, very often small businesses might not feel that that's for me, that's kind of, as it says, corporate, that's big um, organisations. But mm. every business that's registered does have um, a um, vehicle or a, a capacity to connect with something that helps them to give back to their community. Um, and as a result, supports um, the work of Rotary. So whether it's on environmental matters, now there's a lot of um, uh, focus on that, and that's one of the Rotary's core subject, core themes for this year, actually. So that's one of the things that um, we're working on specifically. Yeah, you're going to be very noticeable over the next few months. And one of the reasons yeah. it's going to be very noticeable, because I'm going to be helping on that side of things, yeah. including in this, yeah. which brings me beautifully on to Loretta, who we mentioned before, I think, of Life in Orpington magazine, yeah. because I know for a fact that she will cover this in some way, just as she's already done the Bromley Buzz. Mm. Uh, so over to Zena here. Loretta told us, told me, that I'm sure the Buzz will become a bu- huge success. Aww. So thank you very much for that, Loretta. Uh, is there anything in the latest issue that stands out for you, Z? Because that was literally out in in the last few days, wasn't it? Yes, it has. Yeah, just um, literally this week, actually. Um, So, just a couple of things. Money savers. There's a little um, thing on here. Six ways to bring your monthly living costs down. And the reason why that kind of stood out to me is because recently on my um, radio show, I had Richard Cox from Wealth Management on there talking about, um, you know, financial wellness Mm. and the impact of that on your mental health. And I think, you know, getting your um, money in order, your finances, can really, really relieve a huge amount of stress. And you know what? You can have free consultations with financial advisors. There's no commitment. Because I think there's this stigma that you've got to be earning a certain amount of money or you've got to be a certain status in order to have a financial advisor. Well, his, his um, company or his website, I think he's described as a wealth manager on there. Yeah. Um, but I, I know Richard very well myself mm. and he's just as interested in Amen. people who are suffering poverty. Yeah. He, uh, he, like the gym, he would like to help lift them up 
Yeah. And my hat's off to him for that. Mm. And he's very much on the whole mental health and well-being side. He was also part of our Rotary Work Club yes, as well, yeah, yeah. where he did the workshops yeah. on that. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, whether it's him or it's anybody else, you know, look at your finances mm. and have those conversations. Yeah. Start talking. I mean, Denise mentioned lots of tips in terms of careers, but everything that Denise mentioned earlier on about, you know, um, seeking a career, new jobs, uh, promotions, all of those tips apply to your personal life as well. Yeah. So, Definitely. yeah. I agree with that. And there's one other thing. Sorry, you were going to say, Denise? I was just going to say that, um, you know, for people who might be changing careers as well, um, you know, sometimes uh, financial matters might be a concern for them. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, you know, it's important to take that into account right up front mm -hmm. and, and say, you know, what's happening um, with you. Um, so that you can then uh, focus on the things that are going to make a difference mm -hmm. um, to you straight away. You know, and I think what you do is amazing because so, so many young people now coming out of university, they've got student debts mm -hmm. and loans. I mean, I've yes. still got mine. Yeah. And it is worrying because you're thinking mm. about... I mean, what I'm trying to say is I wish I'd had somebody who'd encouraged me to talk about it, mm. talk to a financial advisor or somebody yeah. so I could have had things in plan. Yeah. But then it's never too late. Yeah, when we started this podcast, I talked about there being a communications vacuum in Bromley. Mm. And I've seen no evidence to go against that view. Uh, we're filling it to a small degree. Mm. Equally, in your time at school, there is a shocking lack of advice on finances, mental health, well-being, yeah. yeah. how to conduct your life. I mean, the fact that you have to go to um, pregnancy classes, uh, having children classes, when you get to that stage, because they haven't been adequately covered at school, tells you a lot by itself. Yeah. Schools are being messed around with, with all kinds of instructions about what to teach, and they're overlooking how to live your life. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Sure. Education is, a, I think, another whole hot different, area. yeah, hot area <laughs> that we could go on for. You know, obviously coming from that background as well. Well, we're not. We're not going to go on. This we're is not. this is the bit where I now realise that I try to wrap things up. Yes. I'm going to do this in two parts now. But I still need to do one more. Oh, we've got one. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to do my interruption. interruption. My weekly interruption. Uh. So I just wanted to um, mention Councillor Hannah Gray who was the mayor of Bromley from 2020 to mm. 21 at the height of the pandemic. I mean, she has done, you know, as a mayor, she did an amazing job, the best she could with all of the restrictions that was put in place. Uh, yeah. Such an amazing lady um, and fun to talk to. She's, she's got so much. Anyway, she's a business champion. And in the Life in Orpington magazine, there's um, some, there's an article about, you know, talking about what she does, the importance of the business champion, uh, the role of it, and how it's targeted to small businesses to give them the support that they need. Mm. And, to, uh, you know, to, to speak up to the council and just reach out to them and talk to people like Hannah Gray. Mm. Um, not even that, Chandra Sharma's another great person. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I know he's helped me a lot with my business mm. because I wasn't getting any grants or funding through the height of pand the pandemic and eventually I, I got something mm -hmm. but purely because Chandra Sharma kind of focused on me and says no I'm going to get something for you mm -hmm. and he managed yeah. it mm -hmm. Can I just say um, that um, Hannah also um, supported the Rotary Work Club True. in its mm. inception she um, really promoted um, a lot of the stuff that we did and um, she, did, yeah. she um, interviewed Christine Atkinson from Bromley Rotary and myself about the um, the, the whole initiative on the on, on a podcast. So if yes. you do get um, an opportunity, tune into that podcast. Yeah, no, definitely. Well. That's I think um, her podcast channel is the um, you're looking at it here. Uh, Hannah Gray meets dot podbean dot com. Mm. I mean, she was yeah. even on my radio show. Right. Yeah, she's really supportive. Yeah, she'll be she'll, she'll be on here. Bromley, so. Yeah, one of the first LinkedIn comments I got liking this mm. was from her. Mm. Not a great shock. Mm. Uh, well done Hannah will be getting you in uh, not, not, not long either you know and now I'm going to go into slightly dangerous territory right here. you can um, you can yeah. up if you want it, it's good day from <laughs> us uh, Bromley's answer to Harry and Field smashy and nicey if you remember them or, or less dangerously 
rated BBC Radio London's Joe Good to Robert Elms. Mm. There we go. Uh, and our respective websites, we finish off with them, www.intunepr.co.uk for me. And uh, Yuzi? For me, it's www. I don't know if that was one too many Ws, <laughs> zenatnarani.com. Oh, and uh, Denise, as you're here. Yes, um, it's www.careertransitionsdmh.co.uk. Right, and now for our latest innovation, we're going to go out on a sound. We did a bit of buzzing last week. So, B impersonation what, time, and then I'll use it as Sazzle and the dazzle out. sound. Yeah, well, but we're missing the sazzle, sound but we'll as well now. Denise doing the sound as well. All of us, yeah. Okay. So, on a mark of three, B time. One, two, three. Zzzz. <laughs> And out.